This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Hello there, how you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here and welcome to Irish Time here on the Manawatu People's Radio in Palmerston North and the best, best radio station in the province. But anyway, I'm going to be reading a little bit of news from Ireland and hopefully the lads will be sticking a little bit of music in between. Anyway, here we go. Uh, Ireland has been ranked second in the world for quality of life according to a new study from uh, the United Nations. The new Human Development Index from the UN places Ireland second highest in the world for quality of life, which is based on health, education and income in each country. Ireland has moved up one place from uh, 2019, uh, going from third place to second, overtaking Switzerland. No mean achievement. The Republic is now second only to Norway, which has been deemed the best country in the world for quality of life. Ireland's placement is a result of its doing well in a number of other categories, coming eighth in education, with uh, 8.7 years of average years of schooling. Fifth in terms of wealth, with their gross national income per capita of €55,774. And joint 15th in life expectancy, with a life expectancy at birth of 52.3 years. Ireland has been ranked 25th in 1990. Ireland rose to 14th place by the turn of the century and has been uh, and had dropped to 18th in 20, uh, 2010. Ireland has been going through a difficult economic period following the crash of the Celtic Tiger but recovered to be ranked second in the world in 2019 in a report just released at the end of 2020. The UN Index report measures a total of 189 countries. So that's not too bad, getting, coming, you know, sort of second. And found Ireland to be in the, the top tier of human rights, or rather of human development, ranked very high. It's just, I think that's just amazing. And I think it's good, you know. And also what I've got here, this is another Galway my father's old Taranga YY. Nearly a million people voted in the magazine Reader's uh, magazine, about, which ranked the best uh, countries, cities and hotels in the world. Ireland was ranked the 14th best country in the world, with Portugal taking the top spot. And New Zealand, Japan, Morocco and Sri Lanka making up the top five. Uh, Galway, meanwhile, was ranked as the ninth best city in Europe, having been voted the continent's friendliest city by this organisation earlier this year uh, for being a worthy destination in its own right and a base uh, for day trips to the Iron Islands and the Cliffs of Moor. Uh, the magazine tr- uh, also said the bustling university town in Western Ireland blends a historic, you'll see remnants of medieval stone walls, walls. it's an old Spanish quarter I think, uh, weaving through the downtown with the contemporary and its thriving art and music communities uh, earned the city the title Oh, uh, the, the title of being one of the best in Europe is vibrant food scene spans from pubs to Michelin-starred restaurants with plenty of fresh seafood thanks to the city's location between the River Cobb and Galway Bay. 
Galway's Ireland's alternative city, uh, and it attracts a, a, a lots of uh, draws a lot of buskers and artists, dreamers and skimmers like a magne- magnetic force. It's the third year in a row that Galway has been ranked Ireland's best city, yeah. and fourteenth place marks an improvement on last year's awards, where Galway was ranked Europe's twenty seventh best city. Galway was also voted the 35th best city in the world, with Tokyo taking top spot in uh, the 2021 list. So good on Galway. There's a lovely old city. Like I said, it was my father comes from uh, Galway City, and uh, he never he never talked about it. Strangely enough, it's only when I went to visit the city myself that I really got uh, you know taken in by it. You know, like they said, the Spanish Quarter, the downtown area is just. Dynamite, really. It is, you know, you kind of breathe in history as you're walking through the streets, little narrow streets, which just adds to the the whole area. Anyway, what I got here, this is the new holidays, uh, hints of a new bank holiday could fall in February or St. Patrick's weekend amid speculation over the pandemic reward for the people. This is coming from Leo. The Deputy Prime Minister has hinted that a new bank holiday could fall in February or on St. Patrick's weekend. So that's going to be interesting. Let's see what happens. Speaking to RTE's drive time, he said, uh, it's one that I like because it gives us a bit of time. November is, uh, is very soon. People like to organize their lives, rosters and shift patterns and things like that. So that's definitely an option. And if you like, there's a big gap between New Year's Day and St. Patrick's Day, and that falls neatly into it. This is the proposed holiday. But there's also the possibility of a four-day weekend for St. Patrick's Day, and bear in mind that uh, would be in many ways the two-year anniversary of the pandemic. Uh, Fianna Gael, uh, political party, only last week suggested the introduction of the Thanksgiving bank holiday in Ireland. It's very American, Thanksgiving. Uh, in November, despite Thanksgiving being a traditionally non-Irish celebration, exactly, they suggested public holiday would take place on uh, Monday the 29th of November. What the public uh, has to, we'll have to see what the public has to say about that. We're going to consult with unions and employers on it as well. The idea is, uh, is we will have a day of remembrance and thanksgiving. Remembrance of those who, who we've lost, but also thanksgiving for all those workers and volunteers who made a special effort in the pandemic. And you know, a number of possibilities are under consideration. That's not a bad idea because, you know, the pandemic is going to be with us. For years, well, the virus, I should say, is going to be around for a long time. It's certainly not going to disappear. And this is uh, in from Dingle, right down there in County Kerry. Memorial service will be held in Dingle later this month to commemorate the one-year anniversary. Is it Fungi, the dolphin's disappearance? Fungal, uh, fungi, as uh, I mentioned him before, he was a real delight for the people around, uh, you know, down there in Kerry. Uh, Sunday the 17th of what would be known as Fungi Day and locals will spend the day remembering their most famous citizen. Fishermen in the town are also offering free boat trips out around Dingle Bay in honour of the traditional route tourists would take to see Fungi up close. He was a really friendly dolphin. Uh, Fungi first appeared in Dingle in 1993 and ended up staying for nearly 40 years. Wow. In an unprecedented display of dolphin behaviour. Isn't that amazing? 40 years. Every day he would uh, entertain residents and tourists, playfully interacting with boats, swimmers and kayakers as they travelled by. Although it's normal for uh, social animals like dolphins to live in close contact with each other, it is still a rare occurrence for them to seek out human contact. And uh, fungi is the first recorded uh, occurrence of a dolphin interacting positively with human beings in the wilds of Ireland. 
down there in Dingle. Despite living uh, around uh, human ears for 37 years and coming into close contact with them nearly every single day, not once was he recorded as acting aggressively towards anyone. Bernie was last seen on October the 13th, 2020. And within a couple of days, locals began to worry about his well-being, given how frequently he appeared in the bay. Surge parties frantically scarred the area, uh, stretching up and down Ireland's Atlantic coast, but to no avail. Whether he died, jumped off uh, with a pod of dolphins, or simply migrated away, away likely won't ever be known. But Dingle will always be, will always keep their most beloved resident in their thoughts and in their hearts. Isn't that really cool? I think that's just dynamite. But you know, forty years—that's it's a, a lifetime. Okay, what have we got here? Ireland has this year leapfrogged French, Irish, I should say, has leapfrogged French as the second most popular language in A-levels in Northern Ireland. That's according to the Northern Ireland Centre for Information on Language Teaching and Research. The Queen's University-based organisation says French has now slipped into third place behind Spanish and French uh, and Irish. Isn't that just amazing, eh? Second most popular language is Irish. Just unbelievable. But there again, it's big, always been a big push for that there. I know some people here in Palmerston North here are Irish speakers. They're not Irish either way. Anyway, what have we got here? Uh, this is uh, a new series of Pital, Pital, I think, an Irish language series on pets and their care continues this month. Uh, presenter Tessa Fleming, along with a team of experts at the Ark Farm there in Newton Ards in County Down, uh, meets everything from a a hairless dog to a tarantula, a one-eyed hamster, and Sir Lancelot, a goat that evidently needs to be taught some manners in English and Irish. With the rise in uh, pet owner ownership over the last few years, most likely because of uh, COVID, uh, more people have been welcoming an assortment of animals into their homes. The team at PTL uh, are just over the moon. Uh, Eileen uh, meets a bearded dragon, a lame Labrador, a hungry Herman's tortoise, while groomer Paul tries his hands uh, soothing a terrier who isn't keen on water. The new series uh, is made for the BBC uh, and uh, by Mountain, Big Mountain Productions with support from Northern Ireland's Screen Irish Language Broadcast Fund. Broadcast on Monday night on BBC Two. So that's, uh, that's interesting, you know, a programme like that. And it's in Irish, which makes it even more... Interesting, after I was just saying there about Irish, uh, the most popular language, you know, for people learning. And now we've got back to the, the reality, the real world. Ireland ends 12.5 tax rebate in the OECD Global Pact. This was, Ireland was famous for five low tax rates. And, uh, you know, but it was, uh, it was a lot of pressure went on them to try and up them a bit. It seems that uh, they've won in the end, you know, the OECD and the EU. Ireland has dropped its cornerstone low-tax policy over the last 18 years, which helped persuade some of the world's biggest companies, including Google and Facebook, to set their European headquarters in Dublin because they paid the next to nothing in tax. The decision comes from months of wangling over there, uh, the small print of, an organ- of the Organisation of Economic Cooperation and Development agreement to operate a 15% uh, minimum tax rate in more than 130 countries. Wow. Ireland was initially one of nine countries to refuse to join the scheme. But on Thursday afternoon, its cabinet signed off on a deal before a wider OECD announcement expected this Friday. 
Uh, it brings an end to the country's 12.5% uh, tax rate that has supplied uh, applied rather since uh, January the 1st in 2003, which has frustrated critics in the other European countries and the UK where corporate tax rates have also applied and are higher. However, sources close to Ireland's government said they were not concerned about uh, the flight of multinationals. And so uh, the biggest blow to its low tax re- regime came in 2015 when under pressure from the EU, tax avoidance schemes known as the double Irish were outlawed. Under the scheme, multinationals paid as little as 1% to 2% tax of the revenue, a fraction of the 12.5% headline tax rate in Ireland, and the 35% as it is in America. The new arrangements, which will be limited to uh, to, uh, companies earning more than $750 million globally, globally is an important word there, uh, will come into force in 2023, um, and the Irish exchequer... (laughs) uh, will lose between 800 and $2 billion a year, possibly. The Irish government said the deal would be gold-plated with assurances sought and received from the EU that it would not seek to increase the tax rate any further down the line. The government uh, said 56 Irish multinationals employing 100,000 staff and 1,500 foreign multinationals employing 400 staff would be affected. This is the right decision, said the Finance Minister, Pascal Donoghue, I'm absolutely convinced that our interests are better served within this agreement. Donoghue confirmed that Dublin had succeeded in getting the phase at least out of a July draft place for a tax rate of at least 15%, which had raised concerns that further uh, rate rises might be in the pipeline. He also confirmed that the European Commission directive that implements the, the OECD agreement will be uh, faithful to that agreement and not go beyond that consensus. And that Ireland could continue to apply a 12.5 tax rate for companies that generate less than uh, 75 million globally a year. Uh, Donoghue said Ireland needed to continue to provide predictability to business and and had it not signed up, it would have lost influence with respect to critical decisions that will take place in the coming months. Ireland attracted an estimated 1,000 1, multinationals in the tax, finance and pharmaceutical sectors over the, on the back of its corporate tax rate, including Pfizer, Intel, Yahoo, uh, LinkedIn, TikTok, Apple, IBM and Twitter. Uh, such is the multinational's importance of the Irish economy that figures from Ireland's revenue commissioners released an issue that just 100 companies amounted for almost 80% of the tax revenue. Wow. 100 companies and pay 80% of the tax. Wow. The figures excluded those sectors close to uh, due to the lockdown, including hospitality and trouble, but showed Ireland's reliance on the multinationals uh, for employment and for income tax. Around 32% of all jobs in the Irish Republic in 2020 were in multinationals, uh, and those employees contributed 49% of all employment taxes compared with 27 and 47, respectively, there in 2019. That's not that far away. Wow. You know, it's 2020. Ireland's decision to sign up to the OEC mark ends years of pressure from the EU and UK over the lower tax rate. I don't think it had a lot of choice there, really. You know, I mean, this has been ongoing for a long, long time.
Oh, what a god here. Ireland's economy is to recover by the end of 2021. Ireland's uh, central bank expects the country's domestic economy to return to pre-pandemic levels of output by the end of the year. It expects domestic demand to grow by 5.5 and by 7.1 in 2022. While the strength of recovery was expected, it has happened more quickly than forecast. All remaining public health uh, restrictions in Ireland are planned to be lifted by the 22nd of this month, October. More than 90% of the the country's population have been vaccinated against uh, COVID. Uh, The bank says that while uncertainty remains high, it seems that the vaccination programme will allow the pandemic to be managed without the need for significant public health restrictions of the type seen in the spring of 2020 and early 2021. However, it cautions that some sectors that are coming would take longer to recover, particularly tourism and hospitality. The bank also said that uh, some inflationary pressures were evident due to a, a surge in demand, supply bottlenecks and some constraints in the labour market. I think that's all around the world at the present, isn't it? Well, you know, the developed world, yeah, particularly Britain. Uh, it exists that the main drivers of the high inflation outlook are considered temporary. That's what they all say, temporary. However, it cautions that promoting substantial growth in Irish living standards requires careful management of domestic economic policy as it moves away from a focus on pandemic-related issues. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, what have we got here? This is still, this is uh, good news, you know. Ireland's foreign affairs minister was in Manchester over there in England at the weekend to formally open the Irish government's newest diplomatic mission. On Friday, October, Simon Covey attended the official opening of the Consulate General of Ireland for the North of England, which is located in the city. The Consulate will represent Irish interests in England's North East, the North West, and Yorkshire and the Humber. Uh, it's... Its establishment reflects the government's commitment to developing the Irish-British relationship and will strengthen the political, um, commercial and the community and cultural ties between Ireland and England. The Cultural General opening is also part of the government's Global Ireland 2025 programme, which is aimed at doubling Ireland's international impact. Interesting. At yesterday's lunch, Minister Comedy said the establishment of the concert, along with the opening of an Enterprise Ireland office two years ago, is a physical testament to the importance that the Irish government places on the relationship between the North of England and its our ambition for the British uh, relationship. I'm delighted to be making this major step forward with our new Consul General, Sir Manathan, and with partners such as the Mayor of Greater Manchester, the Mayor of Liverpool, and Steve Rotherham and Wendy Morton, MP, Minister for Europe and the Americas, at the Foreign Office. That's a nice word, is it? The Americas. He added, the links between Ireland and this part of the world are profound and uplifting and have been built over generations. This is England. There are a few facets of life where connections cannot be found, be more found, and my hope is that with the opening of this new diplomatic mission, we will strengthen the existing partnerships. As part of the launch, the, the Minister chaired a business roundtable meeting looking at opportunities for Irish business in the region up before hosting a reception at the Manchester Art Gallery where he met with the representatives of the Irish business and cultural community as well as other key contacts. So that's good news. The Minister then travelled, he went over, he travelled down there to Liverpool for a community engagement at the Liverpool Irish Centre. The meetings with the, the Mayor, da-da-da-da, uh, coming to discuss the Irish the Ireland-North of England relationship and developments uh, between cooperation and opportunities in the community, economic, trade and cultural 
his department has confirmed. The minister also gave his support for an official visit to Ireland uh, that the mayors of Manchester and Liverpool will lead in early 2022. That's good. You know, I mean, because there's huge Irish uh, communities in those big cities, particularly Liverpool, it's, you know, the unofficial capital of Ireland. And still on politics. You know, I mean, this is Irish time. You know, Irish politics is in the mainstream. It's part of our life. Sinn Féin opens up 10-point lead as the most popular party among the voters. This is from the Irish Times. Uh, a sharp fall in support for Fianna Gael has opened up a 10-point lead for Sinn Féin over its nearest rival as the party strengthened its position as the most popular party among voters. The latest Irish Times... Uh, Impulse MRIBI opinion poll shows that Sinn Féin has the support of almost a third of all voters at 32%, far ahead of Fianna Gael, 22%, and Fianna Foyle down there at 20 The poll also shows a drop in the satisfaction rating of the government from uh, 53% in June to 46% during last Wednesday. Both uh, the Taoiseach and the, the Deputy Taoiseach uh, also saw their personal ratings dropping from uh, Mr. Martin was by eight points to forty-one percent, and Leo was um, down by the thirteen, down to forty-three. He's going to be taken over when you know it's an arrangement they have between this joint government. It's going to be taken over sometime, possibly next year. You know, split between them. Anyway, 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 the state of the parties uh, when undecided voters and on and those unlikely to vote are excluded. It follows at Sinn Féin thirty-two percent, Féin for twenty. Uh, the Green Party is up there 7%, up 1%. Labour is up 1% as well, 4%. And Independent, another 16%, up 3 All the above figures are rounded, uh, rounded off, which accounts for the total of 101%. Among the independent small parties, the bills are as follows. The Social Democrats, Social Solidarity, People for Profits and Independents making up another, you know, quite a big, large percentage. You know, so many little parties there. Uh, what have we got here? The result uh, remaining for Sinn Féin, uh, the Irish voters are really happy to vote for Sinn Féin at the moment and uh, Mary Lou MacDonald is a uh, favourite to be uh, possibly be the next Prime Minister. Vienna Foyle support remains uh, skewed towards older voters, though the party will be happy to have their coverage support in Dublin to 16%, twice the level it was earlier this year. Uh, the Green Party has recovered to the level of its support at one, but Sinn Féin are by far light years ahead of the rest of them. And this is something that uh, we're talking about here in New Zealand. Irish vaccine passports accelerated job uptake. So this is, uh, you know, actually increased the number of people getting jobs. COVID-19 uptake in the Republic of Ireland would have been much lower without the vaccination passport scheme. A pneumologist expert has said, Professor Kingston Mills from Trinity College there in Dublin, said it was a big incentive for people to get jobs. When indoor uh, hospitality reopened in July, the Irish government said people had to be vaccinated or recently recovered from COVID-19 to get in. This requirement Will be ah oh, that requirement will be removed from the twenty second of October. The EU digital code certificate enables people to show proof of the vaccination status, or uh, if they recently had a negative uh, PCR test or recently recovered from the disease. In the Republic of Ireland, it is uh, issued to give people access to international travel and hospitality industries. 
Professor Mills uh, said young people were the most uh, hesitant to get uh, vaccinated compared with the older population. So the incentive did, does help. He said more than 90% of adults in uh, the Republic have not been vaccinated, and the vaccinating passport scheme, amongst other factors, is a reflection of that. Asked whether he thinks a Stormont executive should introduce a vaccine passport for uh, the same scheme there in Northern Ireland. He said it's in everyone's interest, both people who are fully vaccinated and even who are, and those who aren't. You have to be, you have to compare our data to that in Northern Ireland or UK, where uptake is not so good. Interesting. If you're allowing people into events, whether it's uh, into the public restaurants or travel, it shows that you can get people to buy into the vaccine certificate. When vaccinated people meet, the transition, transmission of our infection rate is much, much lower against someone who's unvaccinated. It's common sense. It's done the trick in terms of getting people vaccinated. He said he would push for the scheme to be extended um, uh, in Ireland a bit longer and get the remaining hesitant people to get vaccinated. Karen Gallagher, who owns uh, the Waves Surf Cafe in Bundoran in Donegal, said uh, the transition of the, to the vaccine passport scheme has been a success, despite really, really dreading it. Uh, Ms. Scarlett said while it uh, caused extra work for her staff, uh, particularly during busy periods at the height of the summer, they were also delighted that we could do indoor dining again, which we are really happy about. So it is a uh, carrot and stick uh, event, as it were, but it seems to work there, and let's hope that you know it works here in uh, Aotearoa, New Zealand, because we couldn't certainly uh, need it, but we, we do have to get up to that 90% before things can relax. It's as simple as that. I mean, it's, most other countries are have that kind of uh, position before they've actually relaxed any of the, the COVID restrictions. Anyway, 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 that's enough for me this week. And just stay safe and be kind to one another. And we'll see you next week. Okay, catch you later. Bye. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.